Listener Production. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's Enough Already. And my guest this week is none other than Venezuelan funny man, Ivan Aristegueta. If you were expecting us to chat about kidnappings, threesomes and now hate for ginger ale when you've clearly asked for ginger beer, which are two different things, well, you've come to the right place. That's literally exactly what we're talking about. Ivan and I head down memory lane, or as I like to call it, trauma lane, as we swap stories from our hometowns. Now, there's also a very special surprise guest. He's fluffy, pretty bloody cute, and his name's Sumo. You'll hear him. He's there. So threesomes, puppies, what more do you want? You can catch the encore of Ivan's Citizens Tour in Sydney, Friday the 11th of August. For tickets and details, go to ivancomedy.com.au. That's quite enough. Just, just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. It's it's it. Shush, please. Uh-uh. Yes, I can hear. But I don't care. That's enough already. Shut up. Before you came on, I was talking to, let's just call her anonymously, my producer, about threesomes for no reason. Yep. No reason. It's not like anyone here has had one. We don't want to, I'm just saying, we were talking about threesomes in general. It's a good topic. Um, yeah, and I, I'm not going to put you on the spot at any point because I know you're in a relationship. So we don't need to talk about that. But <laughs> threesomes... It's always concerning, like, say, even in porn, <laughs> you know, I don't know what your genre is. Everyone's got a genre. It's like people who say they don't look at the toilet paper after they wipe their butt. Everyone's doing it. Um, but when you hear there's, like, a soap opera in the background of a wife swap video and you're like, why would they not just switch the TV off? <laughs> you don't want one guy to just kind of get distracted. <laughs> now we're watching Neighbours. <laughs> One thing about threesomes, um, when I, I'm 43, when I turned 40, I noticed that um, the things that you always wanted when you were younger, you don't longer want them anymore when you're older. Like when I was, no. when I, for example, one of the things that I could do when I was like 16 was to eat a, a burger with three patties. And oh, yeah. now I think that's about cool, it man. and I go, that's too much meat. But I also, yeah. when I was 16, 17, I always wanted to be in a threesome. And I think the sound yeah. goes, man, that's too much meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on how you stack your threesome. Like if you've got three dudes, that's way too much meat. <laughs> it's like, no. Unless that's your thing, but that's a lot of meat. Like you can't just, yeah. you're going to have to go full keto dick on that. You can't just have yeah. meat, meat, meat. You've got, you got to have a bit of patty, patty, cheese, bun, you know, you got to. You've got to mix it yeah. in with a bit of vagina in there. Every- I'm happy with just one patty. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise I'll get reflux. Reflux after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to feel sick afterwards. It's just too much. Now, I, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I think, like you say, once you hit your 40s, you go, okay, like in my mind I think I could totally nail a threesome, but then I also think the admin involved with it is too much. Yes. I can't. Not be fucked to you know it's too much like, planning. Yeah, I just because it's like skipping rope. You know, at school when there's two kids uh, that do the rope <laughs> and then you have to try and get in, right? So you don't want to accidentally yes. get rope burn on the forehead. So you kind of you want to engage it. Whereas if you're just skipping by yourself, there's no yeah. there's no hesitation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always like, do we need other people, or we do we just masturbate and then go spoon someone? Yeah. Like, why wasting time? You, we, we, the older you get, you want more efficiency in your life. You want yes. things to get done quickly and well met. You don't want to waste time. You don't want to explore. No. 
Uh, yeah, it, no. uh, I'd rather skip row by myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't mind. And you know what? Because then you can plan when you're going to skip that yeah. row. You go uh, either before you shower, quickly after you shower. And also, if you skip row by yourself, you don't mind yeah. what situation you're in. The minute you, you're skipping rope with other people, now you go, okay, where do I shave? Because it's a whole <laughs> different world now. Some people want no hair when they're going to skip rope. And make no mistake, we're still talking about sex at this point. <laughs> um, but some people have want no hair, which I think is so alarming when you just, there, there has to be some hair. Otherwise you just squeak, squeak. Like with yeah. Barbie dolls against each other. Squick, squick. Yeah, it, it's like, like, <laughs> squick, squick. Love it. Because I think the hair is also, it's not just like a, a, a good cushion, but it's also a cooler because it yeah. refreshes the situation because no hair is too much yeah. heat and you can you yeah. can build a fire with, with rubbing <laughs> squick, yeah. squick. Yeah. You know, especially in, in your 40s, you know, there's already enough joints in your body squeaking and someone's back. Like now I have to take magnesium because I keep getting um, muscle cramps, right? So you don't want to be mid-skipping rope and then you're like, <laughs> oh, my back, I've got a cramp on my back. And now you've got to stop everything, rub the cramp out and then go back to it. And then you have to you play tag. Okay, you, I'm going to the yeah. bench. <laughs> Yeah, actually, in that way, a threesome would be good because then you have one that can rub out. It's always yeah. like a physiotherapist. You need to fuck it's the physiotherapist. Okay, so once you're in your forties, you got to book a physiotherapist. And like, what injury have you got to go? Nothing yet, but we're about to have sex, so I need you in the end of the bed. And if anything, you're like a spotter. You got to look this up for. <laughs> okay, while you do this skipping rope with me, the other guy is gonna is gonna rub your lower back because of your sciatica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then if you can have like in a in a like a drink bottle, you know how they squeeze like the, the rugby yeah, players yes, or soccer yes. players, just squeeze it. But just put lube in there, and then you just lube up. If you see anything, open up. Just lube it up. We're just gonna stay stay lubed, stay hydrated, like. <laughs> Like F1, F1, you get the pit stop. You have to yeah, yeah. quick pit stop. <laughs> I need a, I need. Otherwise, you smell rubber. <laughs> and then if you're not careful, there's skid marks on everything. Oh, oh my God, God, this is getting better and better. <laughs> I bet you don't think we'd be starting off the podcast with this. I love it. How have you been? How how was all the lockdowns? How was all of that shit for you? What did you do? Well, I did a I, I did a cooking show online, a follow along cooking party on on Zoom, and it was great. Um, I sold tickets, and when people bought a ticket, they they got a a, a shopping list. Yeah. And then I, it, the show was called About This Much, the most inaccurate yeah. cooking show on the web. Nice. And it was, it was a hit and I, it kept me busy and I made some money, not great money, yeah. but some money. Survivable money, and yeah. Survivable money plus a JobKeeper. Thank you, Australia. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. As a foreigner and as an immigrant, oh, my God, JobKeeper was a blessing. So when I was getting JobKeeper, it's like, what's the catch? Yeah. What's the catch? Am I going to be sent as a spy to Russia? What am I doing? Why are you giving me money? Yeah. Why? But yeah, no. it's going to come back. Now, yeah. now I am a citizen. Well done. How good does it feel? Like oh. when you got that paperwork to say that you're going to get citizenship. It feels like um, you just, 
take a, a very heavy backpack off your back and you just feel like you're floating, like, like I'm saved. There is now a, yeah. a, a, a safety net that is protecting me. Like if I lose a job, I know I'm not going to end up in, uh, under a bridge. Yeah. That's what I felt when I arrived to Australia, that no one is, no one is afraid of losing a job. <laughs> like yeah. they take the, the sickies. I'm like, why are you taking sickies when you're not sick? They're going to fire you. People are like, yeah, no worries, I'll get another job. Like, what? Yeah. That's how oh, yeah. confident people are in, in, in the first world. Like I'm, you know, proud to be a New Zealander now, <clears throat> but I didn't, they said we were going to get trees and stuff, but we never got, like I got a sausage roll with a squirt of tomato sauce on it when I walked out. <laughs> That's as cute as it got. I'm like, where's my flag? Where's my nothing? I got a certificate and a handshake from the mayor at the time and I was like, okay, cool, and that was it. Like, I, I want to trade. For me, I didn't, uh, there was, technically, there was no pledge to the Queen because the Queen died a couple of days before oh. my citizenship. Yeah. So there was a big, you know, those cardboard, like, uh, human size with a, with a photo of the Queen, but it was just, yeah. <laughs> she was there in spirit. <laughs> wow, so you're so fresh. Like, you're fresh Australian. Yeah, yeah, last year, last year, yeah. Wow. What made you move to Australia? The first question will be what, what made me leave Venezuela? So yeah. first you're thinking okay. about leaving your country. Then you, you look, where should I go? But yeah. I just wanted to leave Venezuela. It wasn't safe. There was a lot of, lots of crime and, and anyone can be kidnapped. It's not like you have to be super rich to be kidnapped. Just, they do this thing called express kidnapping. So instead of asking for a huge amount to a millionaire family, they, they kidnap anyone and they ask for a for a decent amount, let's say the equivalent of two thousand dollars, and yeah. they go, "Give me two thousand dollars, and I give you your son back." Wow! It takes one day. Like they don't. You'd be offended though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, when you hear that call, you go, "We want five hundred dollars." You go, "Fucking what?" <laughs> Worth way more than five hundred bucks to my family. Up it, up it. But in Venezuela, if you're having a barbecue with with family and friends, and and you need to go buy some ice or you know soda or drinks, you just pick the uncle that is worth the less. Just <laughs> <laughs> go, you go. Yeah, they won't they won't kidnap you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's insane. It's like shit like that that people don't think about in Australia or New Zealand yeah. or, you know, any first world country. They don't yeah. think about the dangers or like we have the same. It's like the kidnappings or not. I mean, now kidnappings are quite bad. When we were there last time, they kept snatching kids. But yeah. um, hijackings and smash and grab, you know, when they just smash a window out and grab everything in your car. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kid you not. My mum, and this was a common practice, my mum used to have like a, a decoy purse. Yeah, same. And then her purse will be on the, the seat and a decoy purse, but it had to look like a real one. So she would have like a yeah. like an old mobile phone and, and a wallet with just a couple of notes and some pictures and keys that open no doors, but it had to look like real. So you, you give that purse and then you get rid of the of the of the criminal as soon as possible and make make the criminal yeah, happy. Yeah, because they don't dilly dally. We were taught in school this is the frightening thing. Like if someone comes and even at work they used to go, if anyone comes in, just hand over whatever. 
don't yeah. don't resist. Don't resist. Just don't make eye contact. Just give them what they want. Don't talk to them. Yep. Don't make sudden movements. Even uh, how to take your seatbelt off so they can keep seeing your hands the whole time. I got robbed. My car was robbed with me in it. Yeah. So they make me drive. So I was at gunpoint. They make me follow the other car because they 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 stole two cars, and they were a, a big gang. So follow mm. those cars, and. That guy was, there's always, it's like in the movies, there's the friendly one and then there's the asshole. Good cop, And then the friendly one was the first one who got in the car with me. And then he said, now stop and go to the back of the car and don't look at me. And then the asshole arrived. The asshole joined the other guy and started saying, hey, how many people are in your place? We're going to go to your place. And then you learn, like, you learn that the, the more people, the harder it is for them. So I was like... Eight people, and they went. Why so many? I was like, it's, it's Sunday afternoon. It was it's Sunday Sunday lunch yeah. with the family. It's, it's, it's all the families there for. So, and it was a big lie. It was just my dad and my grandma on her deathbed, and oh they God. could have come and just cleaned the entire place. And then you know what to yeah. say. You know what to do. It get it got to a point like when I was going to uni. Oh my God, the stories. Um, I had a friend. And a lot of people used to do this. They kept a bottle of rum or a bottle of booze in the car, like like hidden, like under under yeah. under the seat, and they put poison in it. And then you're yeah. not supposed. Oh, to, we did that too. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> you're not supposed to touch it. And then if yeah. if and then you go, don't touch it. If, the, if that's for when the motherfucker steal my car, I hope they drink, they drink it and it. die. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we all do it, so they all know. Don't drink that shit. Don't drink that shit, yeah. Yeah. We used to do the same. Uh, Also, very popular because um, we'd put stickers on the car and cages in the back to say you're a snake transporter because then nobody wants to steal your car. Oh, wow. That's great. So so, what I was saying is like when I worked for the newspaper – uh, our building was open because you you can't lock it up. The whole idea of the newspapers to get the public, you yeah. know, so they will just come in. So we got robbed so many times. Yeah. Like I used to wear a panic button around my neck, wow. and we had panic buttons just off the ground because normally, you know, you think a panic button, but because you have to lie on the floor when a shooter comes in, yeah. and then you can press the panic button and the police come. These these guys came in with AK forty sevens. These four guys and they took all our car keys, our our handbags, our wallets, our rings. Like they they would bite your finger off to get your ring. If you can't get your ring off, they just rip your finger off. Anyway, oh my god, um, that didn't happen on this day. But then they strip you down to either your underpants or naked and yeah. lock you in a cupboard or in a bathroom. And we were all in our undies in the bathroom because then you can't chase after them. You see. And then by the time we went out, they were all gone. We started the the, the, the podcast talking about threesomes. <laughs> and then yeah. you go, I don't want to do threesomes because it gives me post-traumatic stress <laughs> disorder <laughs> from getting robbed back in South Africa. <laughs> Being in a room naked with a bunch of strangers. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's why. That's why I can never join a swingers club because yeah. I feel like I've been in one. I've already been fucked over naked in a room full of people. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you who the real people are, the people who really suffer in those circumstances are the people who's having laundry day 
Like I had my big bloomers on on the day, so I was lucky. Um, but some of them, it was like Jesus underpants, all holy, and this one woman had no undies on. She was really exposed. <laughs> <laughs> we gave her a cubicle, but we were all like, fucking look at that skank. Um, but <laughs> I don't know why it's so comforting to hear you and feel the, see the similarities. Like I'm from Venezuela yeah. and, and it's so, it's the same. Like I, I was going to ask you something. Do you, do you have to, do you have to have a road checks, like random road checks by police in um, South Africa? Yeah. You have to have your bribe money ready. Yeah. Yes. And you're like, yeah. do I have cash? Yeah. Uh, oh, you always thing. have cash. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You know when it's bribe time. Yeah. When a cop pulls you over and they don't get out and you go, oh, okay. You just open your door and you put the money down next to the car and you drive off. Oh, no. In, in Venezuela, it's, it's more upfront. They were, <laughs> this is what they say. Hello, citizen. They say that. Hello, citizen. Uh, you know, we've been, we, are, we are here in, under the sun working for you guys for your safety and um, uh, it's, a, it's lunchtime. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They go like that. Yeah, we haven't have, we are, we're gonna have any lunch time, but they do that when they already have your your documents. And, oh, sorry, yeah. there we go with two more. That's all right. They, they already have your documents. He, he just said it's documents. Every time we say documents, he <laughs> he pops up. <laughs> that that dog is ready to go into war. He's like yeah. you get sniffer dogs, and then you get dogs that go. Do you have your papers? <laughs> <laughs> Sumo's got it. Do you have your visa? It's got trauma. It's got trauma. So they get your documents and they know if you don't give them money, they won't give you your documents back. You are forced to go against your values to survive. Yeah. Like you don't want to bribe. You don't want to go against the law. You don't want to do things you're not supposed to do. But then you have yeah. to if you want to survive and keep going. Like yeah. in Venezuela, uh, and after listening to you, I'm pretty sure that in South Africa it's very similar. Like you don't stop on red lights at night. You have to keep going. Oh. You have to keep going. So red lights make sense. But in Venezuela, you, don't, you cannot do that. You have to keep going. It shits me, <laughs> which is yeah. the, the theme of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It shits me because I'm like, I am not this person, but you have to be corrupt yeah. to survive. And yeah. I just want to live yeah. in a place where I don't have to be corrupt. Only if yes. I want to. <laughs> I just remember that that people who build buildings in Venezuela, they're wearing thongs. Yeah. Doesn't like documents or thongs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, give me a second. He's got a treat now. Just he's a, he likes to bribe. He's Venezuelan. I think my dog. He is, yeah, yeah. He's a third world dog. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, you're recording something. I'm gonna bark till you give yeah. me a treat. <laughs> Oh, I see. I see a little loophole in your system here <laughs> yes, today. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I get, like my ex-wife used to go, if anything goes wrong or say someone fucks me over or my, she, she would say to me, can you not go third world on this? <laughs> because my my goat is just to knuckle down like I, if someone tries to fuck me over, my response is very third world still. Yeah. It's not. 
It's not Kiwi and it's not Australian. It's not English. It is dark and yeah. it is aggressive and it is to get results now. Yeah, yeah. And so she would always like if like if say if someone screwed us over like a contractor or, you know, even in the bank if someone's being rude or whatever, my response is always to just drop the clutch and go full third world and then she'll go, she'll just look at me and go, don't, don't third world this. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have that? Like, well, you seem like such a calm dude always. Whenever I've been around you or worked with you, always like the chillest dude in the room. Yeah. So do you have that third world aggression to you or not? No, because uh, everybody's got a gun in Venezuela, so I can't. I'm very careful. I'm still out. Like I don't want to get in trouble. Like, have you have you gigged in Venezuela much? Yeah, I started in Venezuela. I started. Uh, Did you? Yeah, I started comedy in Venezuela. What was that like? Because you don't want to get heckled there. Like you just, it's like in South Africa when you say something inappropriate, you just hear. Who <laughs> 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 just clocked back the nine mil? <laughs> no, you know what? Interesting fact in in Venezuela, the owners of the place where the comedy night was on of the bar. Yeah. Um, they will tell you, hey, um, when you're talking about censorship, censorship in Venezuela is yeah. different. Censorship is, please don't tell any, don't do any jokes about the government. They won't do anything to oh. you, but they might close or put a fine oh, in my yes. place. So please, so the censorship is like a, a favor to the courtesy, a courtesy to the to the owner of the bar, so you don't you don't get them in trouble. Yes. So so it, it, it it's a it's a Interesting story. So in Venezuela, we'd never had like the typical pathway of comedy. Uh, Chavez, the, the the guy who started this entire mess, um, is dead now. Chavez, um, he closed that TV network and um, also closed a lot of radio stations because they were against the, the editorial of the of the. Of the government. So there was a, like a lack of comedy. There was no comedians on the radio, no comedians on the telly. And then suddenly this superhero, Venezuelan guy, he used to live in Spain. He started doing comedy stand-up in Spain and um, he brought that to Venezuela. And the need for comedy was so intense in Venezuela that, that in two, three years, stand-up comedy was already a thing. I got to a point of, of being on in the radio and, and it was like a quick Success. I'd be too fast for for the normal standards, but the need was so important in Venezuela. If you want to try out an open mic, they will give you fifteen minutes. Wow, for yeah. your first time. Yes, that's a long time to die on your ass. Yes, because <laughs> <laughs> when you just start, no one's good. I think the thing I struggled with most when I just started was how dry my mouth got. Yeah. Like you don't you you don't realize how all the moisture will just fuck off out of your body yes. when you're on stage. You're just like I can see dust coming out of my mouth, <laughs> and I've got four minutes, so I can't imagine being up there for 15 minutes. I'll probably die. I'll, I'll just be like sand on the yeah. on the stage by the time I <laughs> that I have to come sweep. It up. was a different dynamic, different dynamic. Um, yeah. I've learned so much. I think also switching from Spanish to English. I think in English it improved my my stand-up because uh, English is such a precise language. It's straightforward. My vocabulary when I started doing in in English, it was very limited. Because you don't realise how some words are more are funnier than other words. Like yes. even in numbers, if you want to go, you know, my cousins, you don't say like 
because you, you have to you have to add a number. Like people don't realize you, if you're just talking to a friend, you can go all of my cousins. But when you're talking to an audience, you go my four cousins. Yeah. But seven cousins is funnier than yeah. four. Yes. I remember I recorded a DVD, right? And I think 2012 or 2013. And in the DVD, uh, I talk about um, how I had cancer, kidney cancer, and they removed a kidney, right? But it was so old school when they removed it. It's like they cut from your belly button basically around to the back, uh, onto your back, right? So I've got this big scar and I say it looks like I was cut out of a hula hoop (laughs) or that. And and then in the story I say, oh, like I was in a sword fight. And someone cut me with a sword, but I say the W sword. in the word yeah. sword, because we say swart, so you uh, say yeah. the W. Yeah. So when I see it in English, I say sword. Yeah. Anyway, so I did the show right through Melbourne Comedy Festival. <laughs> I played the sixty-seater room at Town Hall. Yeah. I did the show. I did it in New Zealand, in Auckland, Wellington. And then after my whole run, say doing that show, I don't know, 60 times. Yeah. Oh, now I'm going to record a DVD. So I'm in getting, uh, uh, putting my makeup on and my friend walks in and she goes, hey. So she's seen the show a few times. Yeah. My ex-wife had also seen the show a few times. She goes, hey, I just want you to know that (laughs) when you say sword, it's not, I go, yeah. And she goes, it's not sword, it's sword. Oh, what? <laughs> and I'm like, you you saw the show when I just started. I go, I've always said sword and no one's corrected me. She goes, yeah, it's not sword. Uh, she goes, I didn't correct you because I thought it was cute. She goes, but I don't want you to put that on the DVD. And I was like, okay, okay. So I, I was fucking up a word, but even now in this latest tour, I just took it through the UK and Ireland and... I was saying opaque and I thought that meant see-through. It fucking doesn't mean see-through. No. I, and I've been fucking it up for, for <laughs> two years touring the show, saying opaque, opaque, opaque. No one corrected me until I got to Cardiff in Wales and then someone wrote me and said, hey, just so you know, opaque doesn't mean see-through. It's the opposite. And I use it in the joke talking about ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> So I still fuck up words. And, and and so even with my kids, I call their school bag suitcases. I go, go get your suitcase. Yeah. And then they go, it's a school bag. A school and I bag. go, you need to remember you're being raised by a foreign woman. Yeah. <laughs> People who don't correct your English. Like we are public speakers. We need yeah. you to correct when help we fuck us. it up. Please help us. Yeah. Don't think, oh, that's cute. No, you're insulting no, us. No, yeah. no, no, no. We're in our 40s. The fuck all is cute in your 40s. Fix us. Yeah. Help us help you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that shits me too. Yeah. Is that the thing that would shit you the most? Like what what is the thing that would shit you the most about other people? My third world country reaction, as you mentioned before, maybe I have yeah. sometimes. I, I hate when they lie to me on restaurant menus. Like, let's say I've got, there's, there's a dish that says, for example, this with that with that and asparagus. I love asparagus. And sometimes I'm going to order the dish that has asparagus, whether it's meat or fish or chicken, it's because yeah. of the asparagus that I'm ordering that dish. And then they serve me the dish and it's broccolini. Oh, yeah. Big taste difference. (laughs) Big taste difference. Oh, and and I'm like, I just ordered this because they are... And then they go, oh, we don't have asparagus. We just gave you broccolini instead. Why didn't you tell me that? 
I'm gonna. Oh, I'll be paying with Monopoly money instead yeah. of real money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, a false promise. That's what shits me the yeah. most. A false yeah. promise. It takes so much time to decide where you're gonna eat when you're in a restaurant, yeah. and then you find that one element that that makes the big difference, and that's that's yeah. the thing that they don't give you. It shits me yeah. big time. Like I will Let complain. Me, I don't eat it. Yeah. I will complain. You're not. You're I not said, you gave Let me, me tell no you things. something. Yeah. If you ever go to South Africa and you go into a spur, which is a steakhouse, it's a classic steakhouse in South Africa. Can't go wrong. Food is amazing, and they've always got a playground with nannies in for the kids, right? Yeah. Because we have nannies on everything. Yeah. So. Perfect place to go for yeah. a family to eat. But when you order the nachos, they don't use cream cheese. They use cottage cheese. Who the what? fuck? I know. And you're like, why is this lumpy shit in my, in my nachos? I don't, I don't want that. I don't want lumpy fucking cheese. In my, like, you need the cream cheese. You need, sorry, sumo Alejandro. That's his full name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knows he's in deep shit. <laughs> do you speak Spanish to your dog? So, yeah, when I do puppy talk, like, it's in Spanish. I cannot do puppy talk in English. It doesn't, it doesn't feel natural. It irritates me that I speak English to my cat and dog. I'm like, speak Afrikaans. Let this dog within the kids. Speak Afrikaans. No, so in South Africa, go to Spur, but don't order the um, nachos. But also, you know what shits me with the asparagus slash broccolini where they're like, it's very similar. And you're no. like, no, it's not. It's like when you're on a plane and uh, like I'm not a big drinker, so then when they come past, I go, do you have ginger beer? And they go, we have ginger ale. I'm like, so you don't have ginger beer? Because there's a vast fucking difference exactly. between ginger beer and ginger ale, which it's two different things. Yes. So when I say, do you have like just it's a yes or no. You either have it or you don't. You go, no, we don't. I can tell you what we do have, but don't give me ginger ale as an option for ginger beer because I, I will punch you in your tits if you. Because some people just pour it and then and you go, sorry, what is this flat dark shit that I'm drinking now? And they go, it's ginger ale. And you go, okay, but that's not ginger beer, is it? And they go, oh, it's very similar, is it? Is it very it's similar? Not, is it? It's not. It's not. I totally agree with it's you. Not. I love ginger beer, and I think ginger ale is is a shit soda. It it's doesn't for make sense. People with, Upset stomachs or something. I don't know why the <laughs> fuck they have it. It doesn't even taste like ginger. <laughs> no, it doesn't taste like ginger. No, no, no. no it's like a weird like, lemonade. Like, what's this? It's not lemonade. Yeah. It's not ginger beer. What is it? It's for people who can't cope with tea. What the hell? It's not right. It's not right is what it is. You were saying about the cottage cheese and, like, nachos are already uh, – a guilty pleasure. Yeah. It's a munchie. It's a munchie that has yeah. to come with, like, you cannot mix something that should be naughty with uh, with diet food. Like, no. Yeah. There's a, a friend of mine, Kel Blanaves, a very Australian comedian, he goes, if you're going to go them, just go them. <laughs> and yeah, that's, man. <laughs> that's a beautiful <laughs> say. Like, if you're going to go nachos, you have to go all the way. You know, you yeah. cannot go diet nachos. There's no such thing as diet nachos. No. Why cottage cheese? I know, and it's bizarre. It's like it's not strong enough to carry this dish. No. And you need it. Yeah. It's like when people go to McDonald's and then get the apple slices instead of the fries. Get the fuck out of the line, <laughs> man. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you for here. the fries? <laughs> yeah, yeah, get out of here. What are you, at the fruit and veg shop? Jesus. Um, and what's the thing about you that shits you? About me? Oh. Yeah. Well, my, my, I've got an anxiety disorder. <laughs> nice. Who doesn't, though? Yeah. <laughs> and 
I can't drink coffee every day and I love coffee. You can't? No, it gives me a twitch and I oh. get very, it's too much cortisol and adrenaline in the system and I get twitchy and, and it, it, it pumps up my anxiety. If, I am, if, if the anxiety is on the surface and I drink coffee, it will go all the way. It's broken. Um, okay, that's terrible. I'm constantly thinking that uh, if something bad happens, it's my fault. And I blame myself, and I think, and I'm, and I'm gonna blame Venezuela for that blaming, because in Venezuela, like you, you will relate because South Africa in Venezuela, when you're on your own, like if you don't get something, it's because you didn't want it enough, or you didn't like. Yeah. You have to. There's no support, so now you got to hustle. You got to hustle. So if you if you want your passport, you have to fight for your passport. If you want, even like there's no waiting in line for, for civilized way to get ice cream in an ice cream shop. Like you have to go straight to the counter and fight for your ice cream because you know that many things could happen. Like it could be a power outage, there's melted ice cream, or it could be the, the inflation in Venezuela is so crazy that the price of the ice cream is going to change every second. <laughs> so you have to fight for your ice cream. So so yeah. if something bad happens to me or happens to people I love, I go, I, I think, I did, what's the thing that I didn't think about or I didn't do to prevent this from happening? And that's a constant, constant feeling in yeah. my spirit. <laughs> and yeah. it's horrendous. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, I'm very solution driven. When people come, like Kiwis especially, were like, you know, the problem is, and then they come with a problem. I'm like, no, I don't want to hear the problem. I'll tell you how we're going to fix this. This yes. is how we're going to fix it. Like I, and nothing sits overnight. We're going to fix it now. Yeah. The same, like, oh, this still blows my mind. Even yesterday, Someone sends me an email and go, can you sign on page five? I go, yep, signed it, send it back. And then every fucking time that happens, they go, hey, thank you for replying so quickly. I'm like, yeah, I, I want to get it done. Yeah. And they go, oh, no, because the others, the others, the Kiwis and the Aussies and the Brits, you wait weeks before they get back to you. I go, oh, no, shit changes like this yeah. in Africa. Like you could be dead in two days. Let's get it done now. Then it's finished. But what happens like in, in the uncertainty that we know from, from our countries, like let's say there's a concert of a band that you love and it's yeah. next year. And yeah. and in Australia, this is a weird thing for me. In Australia, people buy the tickets like a year ahead. And I'm like, yeah. why? How? Like so many things couldn't happen between. You yeah. have to buy the tickets yeah, yeah. for the concert when you know, in Venezuela, when you know that band landed <laughs> in yeah. Venezuela. Yeah, the, 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 you buy it at the door, yeah. And, and, and yeah. it's like, Fred, my, my girlfriend, but what could happen? Like many things, it could be a coup, a revolution, yeah. anything, and you're going to yeah. lose the money for your tickets. <laughs> That's yeah. what's one of yeah, the first see, <laughs> I, my, my leftover from that is I don't go to concerts, I don't go to sports events because I don't want to risk getting into it a fight or getting into, you know, getting shot or stabbed or, you know, yeah. I don't do any of that. I don't want to, uh, and I know realistically it's not going to happen here, Yeah. but I've been so, and I think a lot of South Africans are like that. Like I say to them, to my audiences, when I perform in Auckland or New, I, I go, make some noise if you're South African. There's not a lot of South Africans because we don't go out after we get home. <laughs> Once you're home from work you're and you're safe. safe you lock that door and now you're safe till tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Why would you risk going out again? Yeah. And now, you know, you're, you're just opening the door to a fiasco that you could have avoided. 
people barbecue in parks over here. I'm like, well, yeah. you're a fucking idiot. I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's risky. I, I have a barbecue. Yeah. Even when, when now still, I lock my, I'm in the house, I lock the door. Yeah. So then now there was an incident where someone came in to someone's house and grabbed someone and dragged them out in, into the bush. And then everyone was like, oh, we have to try and remember so we solve this, lock your doors when you're home. I'm like, so then people are texting me because it was in my area and they go, you must lock your doors. I'm like. Doesn't uh, everyone? Yeah. <laughs> it's always fucking locked. My car doors always locked. Yeah. As soon as I get start driving, lock the doors. Yeah, yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Like, and so when people try and leave here, they go, why do you lock the door? I go, well, you're alive, aren't you? Yeah. You're still alive. <laughs> for you. <laughs> if you like this episode, go listen to my chat with Mel Buttle, where much like today's episode, it's kind of like a mini intervention. Plus, she shares why her hatred for Subway patrons runs so deep, so deep. It'll make sense. Go have a listen. Just search That's Enough Already wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, you found this one. And don't forget to leave a review and share with a friend or a non-friend. Anyone. Just share it. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. Supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Beck Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, gals. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know, but definitely share it with a friend. 